Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Revelation 21, beginning in verse 7, reads as follows. He that overcomes, the one conquering, carrying off the victory, and prevailing, shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Doesn't sound like a party, does it? That passage is so packed with meat. You know, when we first become born again, we're so thrilled to be in the family of God. We're so thrilled to belong to the Lord, and we have so much to look forward to. But if one of the things that does not happen after you give your life to Christ, called daily Bible study, if you do not make the Bible your best friend and read through it and know what the deal is, know what God says, uh, you will be tossed throughout your lifetime in the church around all kind of different kind of Christians because the church is packed full of different kind of Christians. The church, when I, when I speak about the church, I mean the church internationally. And the church internationally is filled with all kind of preachers, with all kind of giftings and all kind of members of the body of Christ as, as the Bible clearly tells us about in 1 Corinthians. But if we as Christians do not pick up the Bible for ourselves and read what it says for ourselves and come to terms with that, meaning accept it. Because a lot of things about Christianity are hard to swallow. But if we don't know them and we don't swallow them and we don't accept them and we don't receive them and we just ignore them, so to speak, then we have a potential of being washed away, as this passage has clearly declared in Revelation 21, into the sea of eternal fire. It doesn't sound good, does it? You might be, as I was, um, you know, years ago, I, I was a church member. I loved church. I've sang in the choir. I've done different things around the church back back in the days. But, um, you know, I, I was just a Christian. I had a business, and I loved God. Uh, read my Bible, a watered-down version, nonetheless, and had uh, Christian music playing. And uh, But I also loved to sin. I didn't think a thing of it. I love to drink, I love to smoke, I love to do drugs, and the list is endless there. It just keeps on going into a mess. But I didn't think a thing of it until God pulled me out of the church and placed me in eternity to view both heaven and hell. And I was utterly elated at the fact heaven was real, and it was stunning, but I was terrorized when I was lowered into the chambers underneath the earth 
and taken around these different places in uh, hell. And uh, the Bible also calls it uh, Gehenna. It also calls it the netherworld. And it's disgusting is what it is. It is a place of terror. It is a place of a stench. It does not smell good at all. I landed in hell and I landed inside of the cage. A cage of all things. Uh, like a prison cell. It was totally pathetic. There was a bat flying above my head making noise. And I thought, this is the most bizarre situation I have ever been in. And I have been in some situations during my journey, but this one took the cake. And I looked around and there was nothing but mud and dirt and fire and pathetic. It was pathetic. It was so unclean and filthy. And I thought, what am I doing here? And then Christ began to unpackage the fact, you're in hell. And if you don't leave your life of sin, you're coming to hell forever. And then you'll be washed away in the lake of eternal fire. To my sorrow, to my sorrow, and to your eternal regret. So what would you like to do? Do you want to go to heaven or do you want to go to hell? And I'm like, I'm a Christian. He's like, I understand that. Who's your favorite preacher? And I was startled as he is taking me around these different locations. If you haven't got my book, Real God, it uh, describes my four-month encounter with Christ and my uh, trip into these real places. But needless to say, I was devastated and terrorized. And Christ said, my Bible has been negated for the current uh, Christianity of the culture, which is really nothing more than a um, cruise ship, so to speak, going in the wrong direction. <laughs> he said, for the most part, churches are entertaining the people and not teaching the people. And he said, if you notice in the Bible, after I left the earth, where I told Herod in John 18:37, to this end I was born to speak a truth. Of course, he gave his life, but he said he came to speak of truth, set, set the truth in order so that people could what? Follow and inherit good instead of inherit evil and then leave this planet and go into flames. I mean, literally, it was, it's just pathetic. But he said, and then I told my apostles... Matthew 28, go and teach. Well, when you sit back and you look at the church as a whole, we're looking at the global church, it's nothing more. <laughs> it, it's so um, light. It is like a circus. It's like a kiddie pool, uh, not a, a big swimming pool where adults do laps. It's like a kiddie splash pool. And everybody running around, not growing in knowledge whatsoever, but just being entertained. Uh, and for the most part, sin profusely within the community called Christians. Because the truth, go and teach, is not being done. Uh, go and entertain is, but not go and teach. And if we do teach, we're not going to speak on the harsh things like Revelation 21, 7 through 8, because that'll blow people out of the water. It's like, no, 
it'll blow people out of sin. And that's what Christ wants. Christ died to save us from our sins, but we as Christians don't really know that, and we don't think a thing of it sinning at all. Why? Because we're not taught by people that went and taught, they went and entertained. Okay, so everybody across the board needs to come back to the Bible and not some watered-down version that made it quote-unquote easier to understand as Lucifer sits there and laughs at Christ that his church is in his hands because the Bible got tainted by his hands through puppets. Okay, so we all need to go back to the King James Version and enter into the lexicon and understand the words and dig deep into the meanings of these scriptures. And for further teaching on Rialaron, uh, the human school, I call it, due to the fact that every human needs to go through the school and through the education process to know Christ for who he really is instead of the entertainment guru that the American church has made him to be. And so you can find uh, two different schools to go to on Rialaron. They are free education materials. Uh, one is a bachelor's degree and one is a master's degree. www.rialaron.org. But let's check this passage out again. Revelation 21, beginning of verse 7. He that overcomes, meaning the one conquering, carrying off the victory and prevailing, shall inherit all things. That sounds good, doesn't it? And I will be his God and he shall be my son. But verse 8 is like, ooh. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, and idolaters, liars too, shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We're going to concentrate on the fearful and the unbelieving. You know, you never think because somebody's fearful or doesn't believe that they would go to hell. I mean, we, we have many preachers, they've erased that. And, and they don't agree with it, so they lighten it up like they're, the, they're God and they're going to, to man these people's life, and they do to their own eternal sorrows. If we tweak God's Bible and leave off pieces of what God said, God has his eraser, and he erases your name out of the book of life. That's in Revelation as well. And if we add to God's word, we say, well, this is what he said, but this is what we think. Then say, hello, plague. Okay? And goodbye, health. That's in the Bible, too. If you add to his word, he's bringing you the plague. If you take away from his word, he's erasing your name out of the book of life. Well, what does that mean? That means you can say, hello, eternal fire. But let's look at this. The fearful and the unbelieving are not going into heaven. That's exactly what this says. Fearful in the Greek is the word dylos. It means coward, timid, faithless, and dreading. We dread to do what God has asked us to do. Maybe God has asked you to start a business, a Christian business. You know, there's so few. But God has asked you to start a bank. You've been working at that bank for years and God has been speaking to you every morning as you get dressed. 
you're not doing what I told you to. I, I asked you to start a Christian bank, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm a, I'm a coward, really, Lord. I'm timid and faithless, and I dread that. Well, do you read scripture? The truth should be known, John 8, 32, you will know the truth. The fearful and unbelieving burn in hell, and the truth should set you free from fear. If, if, if God has asked me to do something, and I sit there, and I'm afraid, and I say, no, God, I can't do this because I'm afraid, and I'm, I'm a coward, and I, and I don't believe that you're able to pull this off. And God would look at him and say, have you read Revelation 21.8? That if that's where you're at today and that's where you're going to stay at until your departure, you're going to hell. No matter how much you gave to the church or sang in the choir or helped Billy understand the, the gospel of John. You have eliminated and pushed me to the side what I asked you to do. The obedient rise and the rebels perish. Let's say that together. The obedient, okay, Lord, yes, Lord, I'll do it. I might feel afraid, but according to this book, according to Revelation 21.8, no matter what I feel, I put it to the side, put it in the trash because I don't want to perish. And I say, yes, Lord. And I go forward trusting in you to make it happen with me. You co-labor with God, under God, doing what he says, and it comes to pass. We don't want to perish. I'll never forget the day that God told me I was going to start a business. And he gave me the blueprint. I drew it on the napkin. And it looked impossible. It looked crazy. Well, it wasn't impossible. And it wasn't crazy. And every day I worked, worked, worked. And I turned it into a multi-million dollar corporation. When you go with God and God says, this is the way to go, I can do this, and I'm going to guide you every step of the way, you will step into success. And you will step into eternity with a big crown and a happy, a happy smile on the face of Christ where you brought up a bank, Frank. You, you said, yes, Lord, I'm going to open up this bank. And it was a Christian bank. And God started one, and then he started popping them all over. And it was like popcorn, and there were banks all internationally known as a Christian bank. And that brought God great glory, and it brought the people a, a, a good bank, a wholesome bank that we need in our nations to bring the lives of the people up. But we need to understand the seriousness of when we say no to God because we're afraid and I just don't think I can do this and I, I don't know about this. And God's like, you can't do it without me because apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't even breathe because I'm the one that put breath in you. Okay. And when the day that breath leaves you is the, is the day you're out of this planet. So while we're here, we need to say, okay, Lord, that's what you want me to do out of my life? You want me to run for a United States senator? Okay, okay. You know, I understand that I can do all things with you, and I can do nothing apart from you. But you know what? If this is what you want, I'm going to go for it. And God is wanting us to know the seven mountains of the earth. And he wants us to fulfill our assignment within those seven mountains. The first mountain is the church. The second mountain is the government. 
The third mountain is the family. The fourth mountain is education. The fifth mountain is business. The sixth mountain is media, which is news in all of its formats. And the last mountain is arts and entertainment. Maybe God has asked you to start gymnastics or taking your daughter to gymnastics because he's told you I want to make her an Olympian. And she will bring me great glory and spread my name throughout this earth. And that's what I want. So I want you to start taking your daughter to gymnastics. Isn't that awesome? And so you're a mother and you're in the family mountain number three. And you've got a arts and entertainment mountain number seven that you're rising up to become an Olympic gold medalist. That brings God great glory. So we don't want to say, oh God, how can this be? How can this be? But sometimes God does put something upon us and uh, we kind of wonder, how is he going to do this? I know this happened to Joseph when Joseph found out Mary was pregnant. They never even had sex. You know, I mean, that's never been heard of in history. So, I mean, God had to had especially help Joseph along that trail. I'm going to marry this woman that's pregnant, he's thinking, and we've never had sex, and what, this is wild. But God helped Joseph, and Joseph took Mary to be his wife. So whatever God has asked us to do on this earth, let us do it with all of our heart. And God wants everybody to go into the Rialaron schools. It's called the human school. And get your foundation correctly aligned where you know God, and you know how to operate on this earth and then take take off for your kingdom assignment within one of the seven mountains. You know, Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness. You know, when we say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. And we just take off down that uh, trail and we run with the Lord, you know, yes, Lord, that brings him great delight. He is after all God. Okay, so it's not like your neighbor asked you to start a bank. I mean, your neighbor couldn't help you much. And when God asks you to do something, don't you don't need to get everybody's advice. You know, Abraham was told, go sacrifice your son. He didn't uh, call everybody up or, or he didn't call the counseling line. He didn't call uh, ministers. He didn't call anybody. He said, yes, Lord. And he took off to kill his son. I mean, that's, that's not an everyday occasion. But I believe that when Abraham was walking with that son, he just knew the character of God. You know, this God would not have me murder my son. So there's something behind this request that's a little bit bigger than I realize. And the mystery will be revealed to me in time because I know the character of God. Okay. And Abraham found out that he was right about the character of God as God stopped him from killing his son, you know, in the end. And uh, I guess he had to heal up Isaac. You know, he didn't have to go to counseling after that himself. The, the son that was laying there about to be stabbed. But anyway, Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness. The Bible has recorded that clearly for us, that when Abraham said, yes, God, I will do what you say. I may not understand it. I may not agree with it. But I will do 
what you say because I'm going to see the results that you wanted. That's all God is looking for. And he's looking for our yes. And God is supernatural. He's not a man. He's not your neighbor. And he can actually do all things. There's nothing impossible for God. The book of Luke is very clear. Chapter 1, verse 37. I think it's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. With God, all things are possible. It didn't make a list of the things that are possible. It said all things are possible. So what God has put in your heart to do, do it. Because after you do the will of God, that reward is coming. Because God is a rewarder of those that obey him. That's in Isaiah 119. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Job 36, 11 says, my servants will spend their days and years in prosperity and pleasures. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? But then we have these other people uh, called the 12 spies in Numbers. In the book of Numbers, uh, chapter 13 and 14 talks about this whole ordeal that happened where God told them to go check out the land they were going to take and move in and inherit. Well, there were 12 of them that just didn't believe the deal and they brought back a bad report to all of Israel. Now Israel is crying and complaining and murmuring and there's a big issue and it all stemmed from unbelief. And those 12 spies did not inhabit the promised land because of their unbelief. Now, I hope they repented before they left because according to Revelation 21, verse 8, their fearful and unbelievers perish in a lake of fire. So let's remember that when God asks us to do something, are we sure we want to say no? I mean, think about it. We must remember that fear, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, and unbelief, I don't think you can do this, is a sin. And this sin takes eternal souls into eternal fire. So let us repent, let us realign, and let's get going and say, yes, Lord, and look forward to the great adventure that God sets before us. Elleron International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rieloron today at www.rieloron.org.